What are some things that you stopped doing because your covert narcissist made you feel weird or criticized you for it? I recently saw that someone had posted this question in the covert narcissism Facebook group. And if you're not part of that group yet, look it up, you know, join us. It's simply called covert narcissism group. This lady asked the question, what are some things that you stopped doing because your covert narcissist made you feel weird or criticized you for it? And then she answered her own question to get the conversation started. Putting creamer in coffee, using the middle burner on a stove, saying supper instead of dinner, turning the heat up or the air down, using butter on bread, ordering my usual, flushing pee down the toilet. And then she put Gross, I know. I finally told him to F off about this, but the kids are conditioned now to leave the pee in the toilet too. Going anywhere without him, singing random songs, wearing anything remotely sexy out of fear that he will comment or take it as a sign that I want to have sex, literally bending down in front of him because he legit would make fart noises anytime someone bends down, Uh, giving a pet too much attention because then he will be jealous and either mean to me or the pet, talking to the kids in front of him about something important or to do with feelings because I know he will butt in and take over. The list goes on and on and on. And she was curious about other people. I was exhausted just reading her list and and I, I understood, I got it. Like I lived that way too. So, and then I started reading other people's posts, but I have to say when I read flushing the pee down the toilet, I thought, what the heck? That one caught my eye. Why? Because it was the same in my house. He didn't want me to flush the toilet when I had only peed so that we could save on the water bill. But if I did it anyways, he would fuss. Don't flush that. You know, all those flushes add up. So I stopped flushing the dang toilet. And he didn't flush it either. And TMI, for him, many times it wasn't even just pee. He wouldn't flush, okay? Needless to say, when he moved out, the first purchase I made was a new toilet. This was disgusting. Yet I went along with it for years. Why? How did he convince me that this was okay? I had no idea that other people were dealing with this too. Even in the answers on this thread, other people said the same thing about the toilet. This is crazy. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Today, we are talking about fracturing. Everything you do or say gets weighed by their reactions, and I do mean everything. And so you become a fraction of who you are. Let's look into this. Okay, the answers to this post just started pouring in, person after person stating, I stopped being myself. That's what it boils down to. I gave up me. I quit listening to music. I quit wearing jewelry. I quit eating what I like to eat. I quit wearing the clothes I like, on and on. And I want to add some myself. I quit being silly with the boys when he was around. Why? Because if I did, he would either get involved and take over, ultimately leading everyone to being cranky or upset because he would overdo everything, or one of the boys would get hurt because he would be, you know, he just would play too intensely or hurt their feelings or hurt them even physically, or he would shush us telling us that we were being too loud in the home with nothing else going on. We would get shushed because we got silly and playful. I've never been shushed so much in my entire life as I was by my own husband. I quit talking on the phone around him because he would try to get involved in my phone call. 
especially if there was any sign that something was wrong. You know, my friend could tell me that they woke up with a headache. Okay. This is nothing in the grand scheme of life. And if I responded with, oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Are you feeling okay? Well, he'd get right in front of me. What's wrong? What's going on? And if I tried to just kind of, okay, wait a minute and kind of shook my head, you know, like it's okay. Then he'd get insistent. Just tell me what's wrong. And I would mouth to him, you know, nothing. It's okay. And then he was hurt. You can't even tell me what's going on. He's offended that something was wrong and I was clearly hiding it from him. Hiding it? Leaving him out. Really? By the time I got off the phone, he's full on into victim mode. So I didn't talk on the phone around him. Uh, Another thing I quit doing, being sarcastic around him. Boy, this never turned out well. Just trying to be sarcastic around him, which he would be sarcastic around me. And some of it, I'm going to tell you, really hurt. But me being, and, and of course, I couldn't show that to him. But me being sarcastic around him, he'd slip into that victim mode. That victim mode was just so close to the surface all the time. And if the joke pricked that surface, his feelings were crushed. And the two-hour circular conversation was soon to follow. It just wasn't worth the risk. So I quit being sarcastic. If that victim mode stayed at bay, then he had to outdo me on the sarcastic side. He had to one-up me. He was certainly not willing to let me get the joke in and just have a moment, just a moment of the attention being on me that maybe I said something funny. He had to turn it back on him. His sarcasm would then come out competitively, biting and harsh, to put me in my place. How dare I try to be sarcastic? At least that's how it felt. What else did I quit doing around him? Taking the boys anywhere, working out, stretching, texting around him, helping the boys with anything around, the, around him. If I helped them with their homework, he had to get involved. I can take care of this. I will show him, and it would be two hours later with my son in tears. So I quit helping with their homework while he was around. I let them do it on their own because if I got involved, he would get involved. I quit wearing anything sexy around him. I quit getting out of the shower with him in the room because he'd always have to comment, always have to get involved. Being spontaneous, planning for the future, buying a drink on a road trip. Wow. That was a big deal. You would think I'd spent a hundred dollars on the drink. What do you got to buy a drink here on the trip? You know, you could have bought a 12 pack for that cost back at the grocery store. I wasn't thirsty at the grocery store. I'm thirsty now. Can't I buy a $2 drink? You know, or buying a drink for the kids while we were on a road trip. That was even worse. I quit being emotional. That just wasn't safe. I quit being fun and silly. I quit buying anything for the kids because I clearly couldn't spend my own money the right way. I quit turning the air conditioning on or I quit turning the, quit turning the heat on, any of that. Stating I was hot or cold. Putting butter on waffles. I couldn't even do that. Having, you know, hanging out with friends or family, practicing Tai Chi, listening to 80s music. This list goes on and on and on. Everything, everything gets put aside. We become a fraction of who we really are. Our patron program is our biggest contributor to offset the expenses of this podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has chosen to donate. It keeps us pushing forward on this mission. I appreciate it more than you know. To become a patron member, if you're not one yet, click the link in the bio. 
and I am incredibly grateful for your support. I want you to think of this like a deck of cards. And these cards represent your authentic self before this traumatic relationship. You have a full deck of cards, and on each card is written one aspect of yourself, okay? And these might be things like spending time with a friend, spending time with family, time with your kids, playing with your kids, helping your kids with their homework, taking your dog for a walk, listening to your favorite music, being fun, silly, being spontaneous, being spiritual, meditating. This list goes on and on. Now imagine you take a blank deck of cards and you write one of these on each card. Now in this relationship, the covert narcissist begins to manipulate you in order to soothe their own internal wounding. And I'm going to tell you that is exactly what they are doing. Okay. And if you're not sure of that, listen to some of my other podcast episodes, their internal wounding is what causes them to then put on this protective layer around them and use their gaslighting and blaming and guilting and all of these things to make you feel smaller than them, to make them feel bigger than you so that they can feel better. Okay. So you now learn that some of these cards are too dangerous to show. They're too dangerous to use. So you throw them away. You discard them or you hide that card never to use it Again, you even start deciding that some cards should be fixed before they ever get shown again. I should be different this way or that way. I should like this kind of music instead of what I like. I should exercise this way instead of that way that I enjoy. How about I shouldn't flush the toilet? Really? I changed my card to be I should not flush the toilet. Some of the cards are just wrong, you know, and I shouldn't even have them in the first place. So you end up ditching many or most of your cards. Now, let's say you start with a deck of 52 cards. Over time, you throw away most of these. The longer you go into the relationship, the deeper you go into this relationship, the more of the cards that you hide. And eventually, you're left playing with just a couple of cards. And even those you're playing with hesitation and anxiety. Is this one safe? Is that one okay? What's left is only a fraction of who you really are and even nothing at all. This is called fracturing, splitting yourself in order to accommodate them, in order to attempt to keep them happy, which we've already decided is not possible. Their bucket that, you know, you're trying to fill with happiness doesn't have a bottom. So everything just pours right through. Without even realizing it, for a decade and a half, I had a mental list of things I would never say again. I'll never ask him to buy a different kind of milk again. I'll never ask him about his meetings at work again. I'll never ask him to mow the lawn again. I'll never tell him about the boys' schoolwork again. After 15 years of this, I had quite a list. But it wasn't only about what I would or would not say. I had a list of what I would or would not never do again. I'll never go to the library again. I'll never pet the dog around him again. I'll never take the dog for a walk again. I'll never have a, that friend or any friend come over again. Little by little, we just keep giving ourselves away. We throw each card away one by one, never to pick it up again. So we're left holding maybe one card or two. And by the way, this analogy with the cards has gotten my creative 
juices going. And uh, you're going to be hearing more about this on TikTok with the, with the cards. So kind of keep an eye on that. It's coming. It's like in this relationship with a covert narcissist, we're playing a card game where we both start with an equal number of cards. And, and let's say we're playing the card game war and, and I flip one card over and they flip a card over and whoever has the higher number on their card takes both cards. Well, that's how the game works. And this continues until someone runs out of cards and the one that has all the cards at the end, they're the winner. Well, as you set aside, you know, another card that you won't ever play with again, you're, you're giving up on that card or you turn it over and their card trumps it and they take it and you start shrinking your deck of cards. I don't want to be this anymore. I'm not going to be that anymore. And their pile of cards grows while yours shrinks. Eventually, you have no cards left. They took them all. You lose the game. When you leave this relationship, don't expect, and I say when, if, okay? I will never push anyone to leave or stay. That choice is yours and yours alone. And it's a very personal decision. But if you choose to leave this relationship, don't expect all those cards to just magically be back in your deck. The effects of these relationships, they drag on for a while. the, The cards don't just instantly reappear. I'm back. They stay hidden. They stay guarded for a while, and there's lots of reasons for this. It has to do with when I say the, the, one of the effects of covert narcissism, covert narcissistic abuse, is that you start abusing yourself. And that's exactly what happens. So now you're still afraid to play those cards because the abuse is inside you. This robs you of who you are. It robs you of genuinely connecting with other people. Your protective responses, the guard that you've put up with this person, follow you. Well, this is where healing comes in. Pull your cards back out. Start looking through them at least. You know, I'm actually going to go buy me a deck of blank cards and I'm going to start writing on them who I am. Okay. I want to start identifying what my deck of playing cards looks like. So go do that. You can find them, you know, on Amazon, just go get you a deck of cards. And I want you to look at these and I want you to think about all the ones that you've put aside. Add to this deck of cards the the person that you were before this relationship. And just one at a time, start putting them back into play. One that you've missed. You know, go to the library. Go to that store that you quit shopping at. Take the dog for a walk. Call a friend that you've abandoned for the sake of your relationship. One at a time, put these cards back into play. Turn on that song that you quit listening to years ago. All of this will get you back on that journey of healing, back on that path of finding you again. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G, as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.